Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Jets Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. Hey, Happy New Year's! First episode of 2017, another year of podcasting. In this first episode, we have stories about a hoarder, a soapy story, hot peppers, a sporting team, a few stories left from my recent trip to Iceland, a fairy godmother, a great love, and a lisp. Let's get on with the show. So the lady um, on the domestic, she asked for a big bottle of water. Normally we don't do that, but I was, she was like running to the gate. So I gave her a big bottle of water, and she goes to the bathroom. She takes a shower. <laughs> like... So I'm not, it had been like a few minutes. So I go in there and I'm knocking on the door like, ma'am, do you need any assistance? And she's like, do you have any paper towels? I said, I just filled it up. Is everything okay? She opens the door, she cracks it. And I see her arm is soaked up and she's taking a shower in the sink. With paper towels. With paper towels. (laughs) So wait, I go to go find some paper towels. I'm like, ma'am, we really don't like, this is a communal bathroom. We don't really have time for that. Um, For showering. For showering. And so what happens? The, the three digit on my crew, she's like, we gotta find some towels for this lady. You know, she's all soapy. <laughs> I said, let me speak to you in the gallery right now. <laughs> One of the things I like about flight attendants is we're a very diverse group. You know, there's, there's all kinds. <laughs> we're not dull. We're never, almost never get accused of being dull. And uh, at my airline right now, uh, we have a flight attendant who uh, sort of lives in the flight attendant lounge. Um, I hear various stories that she's a hoarder, that her place is too full, so she can't live there. So she basically just sleeps in the lounge. And um, people say that her car is so full, she uh, stuff that she can't drive it. I don't know because I actually haven't flown with her, but people take pictures of her sleeping in the lounge with a bunch of stuff around her. And uh, 
I was just talking to someone on the jump seat about her, even though I don't know her. I just know of her. And uh, I said, well, you know, I guess the airline probably doesn't like her sleeping in the flight attendant lounge. But, um, you know, she she's reliable. <laughs> she's always there. <laughs> she's never late. <laughs> she lives there. <laughs> you know, there's something to be said for reliability. He had a little bit of a lisp. A lisp. A lisp. A, a, a little bit of a lisp. It was just, it was flight attendant, just kind of the way he talked that made the story more funny. Right. And this, this, they were, I don't remember if they were going to Indian, Indianapolis or Minneapolis. So this guy grabbed his arm. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Did a cat say we we're going to Indianapolis, or was that Mindanapolis? <laughs> I always wonder if I'm going too personal on the podcast, or if it's too uh, lowbrow. <laughs> But you know what the heck? I've been doing it this long. You guys seem to like it. I was in the lounge, the flight tent lounge, and uh, I always have about three or four hours because I have to make sure I can get there. So I have to give myself backups on my standby flights. So I get there three or four hours early. So I have a lot of quality time in the flight tent lounge. And uh, there's basically usually the same people in there. Um or, you know, relatively the same people because it's all the commuters who have to get there so early. So you get to know the people in the lounge. And um, maybe you talk, you know, you you might discuss things you might not discuss with other people you don't see as often. So I always get something to eat because I'm there for three or four hours. So I, I was um, had gone to the Chinese place and I had some Kung Pao chicken. And, you know, Kung Pao chicken is kind of spicy. I like it. Uh, and um, it has those peppers that generally you don't eat, but you can eat. But um, I had had the Kung Pao chicken, and then I was walking by this other girl that I see in there in the lounge a lot, and, and she was eating Kung Pao chicken, and she had taken all those peppers, they're kind of purple, uh, and put them off to the side. And I said, oh, you don't ever eat any of those? She said, no, you, you can't eat those. I'm like, I just... I just ate like two. She's like, you ate them? You're not supposed to eat them. I'm like, well, I've eaten them before. She goes, oh my gosh, that is going to be so painful. I'm like, what do you mean painful? You know, I've eaten those purple peppers before. Um, I said, what are you talking about? She goes, when you go to the bathroom, it is going to burn like hell. And I was like, burn? I said, are you talking about number one or number two? two and she's like number two is gonna burn and I'm like I and I'm this is, I, I've never heard of burning number two I don't know anything I've never had a burning number two I said I don't think um I don't think so I mean I've never had anything like that I don't know I she goes well you just wait and I was thinking whoa <laughs> I was a little nervous <laughs> waiting to see if I was going to have burning number two. And I don't, I must have strong pipes or, you know, I like spicy food, but I've never even heard of this burning number two. I was like, what the heck are you talking about? I'm going to try to tell the story and I'm going to say in advance, I hope people don't find it offensive because lately I've been, people have been 
getting offended. And it's uh, it's hard to do a podcast every month, to create um, 30 minutes of original content every month without bringing up, you know, gender, stereotypes, um, ethnicities, things like that. And, you know, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm if I offend people, and this story, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> won't offend people. Anyway, we were going to Amsterdam. I was flying with one of my favorite flight attendants. She's pretty blonde. Uh, she's got uh, a great personality. She's very friendly, and uh, you know, she's just smart, funny. She's she's one of my favorites, and uh, and also because she's she's got a lot of energy, and you know, I like that. So. Uh, she was at the boarding door. I was working first class. So she tells me after we're done boarding, she goes, oh, there's a group of handsome guys. There's a Scottish rugby team on board uh, sitting in the main cabin. And, you know, I wasn't working back there. So I didn't think anything of it again until she comes up later and says, hey, would you mind taking a picture? I want a picture with those handsome rugby players. Uh, you know, we've been, you know, chatting during the flight and she thought she had made, you know, had made a connection, you know, had a rapport with a lot of them. And so she wanted to know if I would take a picture. And I'm like, sure. So she goes, I'm going to round them up. They were all in different places in the cabin. So we start walking around the plane and she's like, uh, hey, dude, I need you in the back galley. And one of the passengers, lady started laughing because it was just a funny thing to say. Hey, dude, I need you in the back galley. So we start rounding up these guys and I hadn't seen them before. And as we're rounding them up, I was kind of thinking, Hmm. You know, they're not my type, but you know, it's her thing. I'm just taking a picture. And we're rounding them up and uh, we get them all in the back alley and they're all, they're all like hugging each other and, you know, getting in close enough to take the, the picture, you know, arms around each other. And she goes, hey, how come nobody has their arms around me? Put, put your arms around me for the picture. And they were like, oh, okay. And um, I, we, we take the pictures and they were good sports. Um, they go back and like uh, we're getting off the plane and another flight attendant says, uh, why did she want to picture with the gay rugby team? <laughs> and my friend was like, they're not gay. They're a rugby team. I guess she didn't think that went together. I don't know. I don't know. She just hadn't, it just hadn't occurred to her or, you know, she just thought they were handsome. And, uh, and why was she's like, why would you think they were a gay rugby team? And the other flight attendant was like, well, because they said they were a gay rugby team. <laughs> I'm so far away, have to fly first class. Her name was Gloria. <laughs> and she smokes, so she had this deep voice. She always had her hair fixed. She'd do illegals. And she'd so do what? She'd do illegals. They're they're oh, called oh, lean over. And so she'd have a special pillow. She'd sleep like this on her back. So her hair would stay nice in the morning. But she didn't care about the voice. No, because she smoked. Yeah. <laughs> so this man came up and said, Ma'am, take care of this. She opened up the galley door. She threw that suitcase out said taken care of <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So last month I took that trip to Iceland and while I was there I stayed at quite a few Icelandic air hotels. Uh, they were quite nice, not that expensive, and I had a good breakfast. And in one of them they had all these pictures of uh, these old airplanes and there was a story so I was inter- immediately interested. <laughs> and basically it was a, of a famous airplane story from Iceland and I guess I'm not that well versed in my Icelandic history. I had never heard of this. Maybe all you guys have but Anyway, on September 14, 1950, Iceland's largest aircraft, a Skymaster DC-4 named Geyser, was flying from Luxembourg to Reykjavik, and it was going to continue on to New York. On board were a crew of six and a cargo load full of luxury goods, but it failed to arrive at Reykjavik at the appointed time. Uh, Everybody was worried, and an extensive search was carried out on sea, land, and air to no avail. Four days, four days of searching, and they had heard nothing. The families were getting condolence calls, and everybody was basically presuming they were all gone. Then a radio operator got a faint emergency alert saying that everyone was alive. It was found, the plane, they found it on September 18th, so four days later, on Europe's largest glacier. It had landed on the glacier at 6,000 feet. But the glacier for days had been surrounded in fog, so none of the planes could see anything. But after four days, the rescue planes could see the plane on the glacier. Morning in all of Iceland turned to celebration. All the restaurants in Reykjavik gave out free coffee for the rest of the day. It was like the whole country was celebrating that they were alive, and teams set out in jeeps for a rescue mission unlike any that had ever been attempted in Iceland before. The rescue people, all volunteers, spent 10 hours hiking on the glacier to reach the wreck, and they got there and they were able to Bring all the survivors safely back home. What's such a nice story? On international flights, uh, when people order water or juice or soda, uh, we generally ask them if they would like ice because a lot of Europeans um, don't generally drink ice in their drinks. So, you know, it's just a thing. So, uh, this man, he looked an older. Somewhere from like Russia, the Ukraine, somewhere in that area. And um, I said to him, uh, would you like ice? And he said, I hate ice. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he said, ice is for skating. <laughs> well, I was like, well, I've never heard that one before. Ice is for skating. I hate ice. We were in, um, this happened on layover, Um, we were going to Accra out of New York. We're downstairs, it's a two-day layover, we had a Monrovia turn, right? So we're downstairs having drinks with the crew, and um, there was this uh, black lady, now the only person on the crew at that point was black was me. So um, there was this black lady sitting in the lobby, I didn't think anything about it, so we were all having drinks and stuff like that. Next thing I know, she comes and sits next to one of the pilots on the couch. And I said, did I miss something? And um, so, like, a couple more minutes go by. He gets up and he leaves. Like, not even a split second later, she gets up and she leaves the same direction. I'm like, did that really just happen? And um, they're like, yeah, we watched it happen. And I'm like, I watched it happen. So all of a sudden, 30 minutes later, she comes running out, running through the lobby towards the door. He comes down in his towel 
chasing after she had stole his money oh, she stole and his money. passport. <laughs> I guess that's what you get. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I thought was funny in Iceland is they would their their road signs I thought were funny because they would you would be driving, and then you, at first I wasn't totally sure what it was until I realized after driving for a while you you would get to a just about to a town and there would be a sign with buildings basically like a sign that said town <laughs> and then as you were leaving town there'd be that same sign with a line through it like no town town no town which i thought was kind of funny because it's pretty obvious when you're driving through nothing but snow and then there's buildings that it's a town and that when you're leaving and then there's no buildings anymore there's not a town, but they had these signs, you know, town, no town. I'd like to take a minute to say thank you for any of you who, when you were going to buy something on Amazon, were so very kind and went to my website, bettyinthesky.com. To, it doesn't cost you any more, and it supports the show. You always remember, if you have your ad blocker on, the links won't show. But anyway, I like to see what people buy. And this month, somebody bought a Doug the Pug wall calendar. Uh, Lego crazy action contraptions and uh, fish bone tweezers, fish bone removal tool for salmon, trout, and catfish. <laughs> I like to see how diverse the listening audience is. I'd also like to thank uh, listener Harry for a generous PayPal donation. So very sweet of you. Thanks, everyone. A classic road fight with the elderly passenger. And he was a little bit deformed, his he, his leg. Like one leg was, I'm not sure if it was shorter than the other, but anyway, he had two, um, those walking canes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and two little chihuahuas. Oh, two chihuahuas? Two chihuahuas that were, uh, what do you call them? Support animals. Yeah, support animals. But actual real ones, because he actually had a problem, not the emotional bogus one. Well, well maybe, but what would the chihuahuas do for him? Because, I don't know, emotional support, animals who were not at all trained and not very good dogs but you know he and, he and they had really funny names I wish I could remember their names you know like it was like Chi Chi and you know, yeah it was kind of funny well these dogs barked the whole time their little yelp 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 and the passenger next to him so he was at the bulkhead aisle seat so the passenger next to him was a lady and she was very like she calls me over, she goes, do I have to be uh, uh, involved in this? And the talk, for some reason, kept going to her. <laughs> kept going to her, and she hated the damn thing. So she's like, why? And I said, Chi-Chi, Chi-Chi, get back here. <laughs> well, you know, they're supposed to lay down and be quiet. No, not these two dogs. Then he put out pads, those poopy yeah, pads. Yeah, yeah, those poop pads. And he's going, okay, Chi Chi, do, do your business. Yeah, do your business. And I'm like, we can't have the dog do that here. I said, we gotta go into the bathroom. So I was landing in Paris and I was sitting at the boarding door. And when you're sitting at the boarding door, it's your job to be the one who says all the goodbyes. And you're not supposed to leave the boarding door. So I'm saying goodbye, have a good day, bye, have fun, bye, trying to seem very genuine, smiling. And uh, this woman comes up to me. And here's the thing. Uh, I get three to four hours sleep for the night regularly. I mean, it's not optimal, but it's, you know, 
that's what it is. But for the passengers who have a normal sleep schedule, one sleepless night is monumentous. It's a tragedy. <laughs> On this flight going into Paris, uh, there was a professor who wanted a first class seat because he said, I have to sleep. I have a lecture to give. And it's like, well, we're full. And plus, you don't just get a first class seat because you're giving a lecture. <laughs> you have to buy it. You know, it's like, a, that's what it is. Another lady. Same thing. She goes, you don't understand. I'm flying onto India. I have to sleep. And it's like, okay, well, we're full. So hope you can sleep in your seat. There's just not a lot of options. You know, the flights are full. Everybody wants more than one seat, but you buy one, you get one. It's just, it's just the way it is. So I'm saying, bye, bye. Have a good day. Have a good day. Bye. And this woman comes up right in the face and she's like, my bag's gone. My bag's gone. Someone stole my bag. It's gone. And I'm, I want to help her, but also there's 250 other people. So I'm like, bye, have a good day. Bye, have a good day. I'm like, oh, once almost everybody's off, I'll help you look for your bag. Bye, have a good day. Bye, bye, have a good day. Have, have fun on your trip. Bye. What do you mean? What do you mean you'll help me when most of the passengers are off? Somebody stole my bag. My bag is getting further away as you say goodbye. She goes, you need to run off this plane and find who took my bag. And I said, well, I can't run after the passengers right now. Bye, bye, have a good day. Bye, have a good day. Uh, because um, I don't know what your bag looks like. How am I supposed to recognize your bag? And she's like, it's black. Roll aboard. Bye, have a good day. Bye. They're all black. Roll the boards. <laughs> so anyway, I'm just still saying bye. Have a day. Bye. Have a good day. She's like, I can't believe you're saying goodbye when somebody stole my bag. I'm going to Europe. I have medication in that bag. I, I have contacts in that bag. You need to do something now. Bye. Have a good day. Bye. Have a good day. I'm like, ma'am, as soon as most of the passengers go off, I'll help you look. If somebody took your bag by mistake, bye. Have a good day. Bye. Uh, uh, their bag will still be here. We can we can page that person. Bye. Have a good day. Bye. Have a good day. She's now like panting, hyperventilating. And she's like, I can't believe you're saying goodbye. Somebody stole my bag. You need to do something now. Bye. Have a good day. Bye. And now finally at this point, uh, the first class cabin is let, you know, let out and the person who was sitting at the one door has migrated back to the boarding door at the two door. And so I say, can you stand here? I'm going to go help this lady. I'm like, hey, what seat were you in? She's like 20C. So I go back to 20C, look around. Sure enough, there's a bag in 19, right? One row from hers. And I'm like, hey, is this your bag? There was no bag there. Where did you get that bag? I'm like, it was right above the seat. And she's like, no, she doesn't say, thank you, or I'm sorry, I was screaming at you, <laughs> or like, sorry, I threw a tantrum. She just was like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, okay, bye. Have a good day. Bye. <laughs> we got to find some towels for this lady. You know, she's all soapy. Excuse <laughs> me. What's that? In Minneapolis? What's that? Min Minneapolis. <laughs> Well, this was weird. I was on the cart. Uh, we In the middle of the service coming home, uh, middle of the flight, we do a service where we give them a little snack box. It has like cheese and crackers or olives and a chocolate. You know, it's basically because people get bored, gives them something to do. And uh, 
I'm picking them up and we put them in these plastic drawers and then put them back in the cart where they came from. And uh, I was with another girl. She's on the other side and she had to go up front to get something. I think somebody had asked for a coffee and, you know, we, there weren't beverages. Anyway, she had left and gone up to first class. So I'm on this cart by myself and all of a sudden one of the snack drawers comes out at me. And I was thinking, well, that's weird. You know, it just can't come out by itself, and she's not there, and there's nobody on the other side of the car, so I push it back in, and it pushes back out. And I was like, hmm? <laughs> so I, I push it back in, and it pushes back out. And I was like, oh, what the heck? So like some cart ghost? And then I find out there was like a two-year-old boy on the other side just pushing the drawers. <laughs> it was like a game here. I thought it was a ghost. Yes, absolutely. Something happened on one of my flights. Um, there was this lady, she was drinking quite a bit. So they're like, don't give uh, seat 15D any more drinks. Of course, the call button ring. I walk up, it's 15D. I'm like, oh, no. So she's like, can I get a gin and tonic? I said, ma'am, I'm sorry. We're not able to serve you any more drinks. So she's staring at me. I didn't walk away. And she's like, I didn't recognize you at first. You're my fucking fairy godmother. Oh, my gosh, she said you're my fucking fairy godmother. So now I'm embarrassed. I'm like, okay. And I start walking away. She goes, you come back here. You come back here. You're a fucking fairy godmother. What a strange thing to say. So the whole time, next time we go out with our last little beverage service, she's like, no, I want my fucking fairy godmother to serve me. <laughs> I was really embarrassed, but I didn't say anything to her because you can't reason with a drunk. So the next day, I uh, stayed at Skaftafell, and there were glaciers, and I was hiking up there, and that was really fun. And then I went to the – now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get emails, but I'm going to tell you right now, I can't pronounce anything. <laughs> I know no Icelandic, and I'm, I suck at Icelandic pronunciation because I was at the famous lagoon, not the Blue Lagoon, but at the Jokosorlon Jokosorlon lagoon but it's where they have these giant blue floating icebergs and these these bergs can like spend five years floating in the lagoon it was so pretty it's like breathtaking and i had brought my remember the people were selling that betty the stewardess doll well i i haven't taken it on any trips but i decided to take it on this trip and take a picture in front of the jokel sarlon lagoon <laughs> So anyway, I was talking to a local person and I said, oh, yeah, well, you know, just past Hoffen. And they're like, where? I'm like, Hoffen, H-O-F-N. And he goes, oh, you mean hop? I'm like, yeah, hop. <laughs> I try to mind my own business uh, in general in life unless I have to get involved in things. So I, um. I'm in my uniform going to work, and uh, we go through security like everybody else. And uh, the woman in front of me, she had on some of the biggest jewelry I've ever seen. She had on this um, big, giant, gold gold um, medallion of a, of a cat face. This thing was like six inches around. I mean, it was bigger than an actual cat head, gold, giant cat head medallion and uh, she's just planning on walking right through the metal detector and I was thinking you can't can't have that giant gold cat head around your neck and you know and not the machine not go off but I thought I'm not keep my mouth shut I'll just keep my mouth shut so she she um 
well, the machine went off, of course, because she had so much metal on. And so she takes off the giant. And of course, I have to wait this whole time, just patiently waiting, trying not to uh, roll my eyes or anything. So she takes off the giant cat necklace. But I'm thinking, well, what about those? She had on like five inch gold leaf earrings. I don't even know how her ears could support these giant things. And then she had on a giant metal belt buckle. I mean, she must have had over five pounds of metal on her body. And then she kept trying to go through the metal detector. I was thinking, oh, okay. All right. Just, just, you know, keep your mouth shut. And so she says, well, what? To the (laughs) The TSA guy. And he's like, well, I think you're going to have to take off some other things. And she's like, like what? And I'm thinking, like the earrings and the giant belt buckle. <laughs> I think the whole process probably took um, maybe 20 minutes of her taking off all this metal while I was patiently waiting. Thank goodness I wasn't running late because this, this lady was just full of metal. Well, I had Taylor Lochner and a friend of his that were flying together. So from Twilight movies. Yes. He was Jacob. And then I had Larry King and his assistant were sitting across the aisle on the same flight. Well, there were a lot of famous people up there, but those are the only two I really remember. And Larry King and his assistant were on AB, and Taylor and his friend were on CD seats. And so when you go through and do the drinks, I remember Larry King won't look at you. He just looks out the window and won't say anything to you, and everything goes through his assistant. And um, Taylor was asleep, but his friend ordered a drink, but later when he got up, and went to the bathroom when he came out. I was just like, hey, do you need anything else? And he like rubbed my arm. And he's like, no, I'm okay, thanks. And I was like, okay, thanks, have a nice day. Because you're melting. <laughs> well, no, it's because he just came out of the bathroom. Right. So I'm like, don't touch me. Because oh, I, <laughs> I don't know right. if he washed his hands. So I was kind of grossed out about it, which is really weird because a lot of girls are like, oh my God, Taylor's right. touching me. And I'm just like, oh, did you wash your hands? I don't know, don't touch me. <laughs> He seems like someone who would watch his head. Well, and he's so polite and so sweet, and I was so shocked that he looked so much more handsome in real life than he did in the movies. I was 21 years old, so naive. I had no idea. I didn't even know what gay people were. <laughs> this lady who was like, who, who, who was like a June Cleaver was on my flight, the sweetest lady in the whole world. I thought she was just the epitome of a flight attendant and everything. And then I go down to the bar and she was talking about during the flight, her kids, her husband. And I was like, what a nice lady like that. I go to the bar and she's sucking face on this guy. And again, I was so young and naive. I just looked at her and go, oh, I didn't know your husband was here. And she told me to shut the hell up and walked away. <laughs> so uh, I don't talk about it too much, but you know, the standby stuff can be slightly stressful. Uh, I try to give myself plenty of time getting places and getting back in case I don't get there. And I didn't get on the flight going home to New York from uh, Reykjavik. And um, there were other uh, non-revenue standby passengers also. And we were all basically sitting around the airport trying to figure out, you know, plan B, because there wasn't another flight on my airline the next day. And uh, all the other airlines to the United States, everything was totally full. So because I can fly standby on some other airlines for a reduced rate, and uh, they were all full. So a couple of the people were just going to spend another couple days in Iceland. And I kind of didn't want to do that because 
uh, I'd already seen this stuff that's down by the airport, and it's also very expensive. I was just like, I don't know if I want to do another two days. And then these uh, younger guys who were um, standby, they decided they were going to buy a full fare ticket. Well, it really wasn't that much considering it's the day of, like $350 on Wild to Toronto, Canada, and then they figured they would stand by to get back from there. But I didn't really want to pay $350. So I was basically like, I'm going to try to figure something else out. And uh, a lot of the airlines, you know, go to Europe. uh, And I saw that there was an Air Berlin flight to Dusseldorf. And I could get on that for $62. (laughs) Stand by. (laughs) So that's how I got home the long way. Uh, I'd say that's the long way going from Iceland to Germany to the United States. (laughs) Okay, so what happened? (laughs) <laughs> so my, my girlfriends used to fly together. Susan and Mary would always have something of the day. So that day they decided they would do a bicuspid problem. Say oh. I've got a bicuspid problem. <laughs> so Mary goes up to the flight deck before the start of the flight and asks the guys if they want something to drink. And she said, say guys. Why something to drink? So the captain, his head whips around, and the co-pilot. So they're looking at Mary like, oh my God, I can't believe you just did that. And so the second officer says, sure, can I have a Sprite? <laughs> he thought Mary was making fun of him. <laughs> so he really had that? He really, he really oh. had a lisp. Oh my God. Not a lisp, but a speech problem. Go home and see my girl. So I was commuting home after an international trip, and uh, they're mainly junior people on the flights. It's a short flight. It's a little plane. You have to, you know, work a million legs a day. So it's mainly junior people. And uh, this, we're boarding. They're boarding. I'm trying to be out of the way since I'm homeless. <laughs> And uh, he's running around like crazy going, I lost my phone. I can't find my phone. Have you seen my phone? He's looking out in the jetway. He's looking in every galley, nook and cranny. He's like, I can't find my phone. My phone. I can't find my phone. And the other guy is like, well, where did you have it last? He's like, well, I was helping that that older guy out to the wheelchair. And uh, he's like, I can't find my phone. That's my phone. Oh, my gosh. I'm just going to lose my mind. My phone. My phone. So, you know, the boarding process takes like 35 minutes. And this guy is literally running around like a chicken with his head cut off. My phone, my phone, my phone. Ah! And I was realizing, you know, a certain generation, it is so important to you. They're so tied to it. And uh, like five minutes before departure, a passenger gives to the other guy, flight attendant. Um, he goes, oh, I found this phone in my seat. So apparently when he was helping the guy, he had set his phone in his seat. Then this other guy had sat on him. Anyway, this young guy, this young junior flight attendant, has the phone in the, ga- like, in the galley. And he goes, I love you. I love you so much. I love you. I love you. I love you so much. He just starts kissing the phone. <laughs> and you know what? It was funny, but it was also, you know, he really honestly loves that phone it's like um it's it's like a best friend it's like a part of your body he literally was like i love you i love you so much i love you i love you i love you we gotta find some towels for this lady you know she's all soapy excuse me what's that in minneapolis what's that min minneapolis
Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 